Fashion Questions. On each episode, we ask a different question to retail insiders about the fashion industry. This is where they share their views and insights. Brought to you by Hive. The group's fashion portfolio includes Moda at Spring and Autumn Fair, Pure London and Source Fashion. Stay tuned. Welcome to Fashion Questions. According to an in-depth research and analysis by the MBS Group and the British Retail Consortium about diversity and inclusion in UK retail, 91% of retailers have a DNI strategy, but generally many metrics have not moved significantly or some have gone backwards. Why is diversity important to your business? This is the question of today's episode, and to learn more about this, I've invited to our Hive Studios Louisa Gomes, HR Policy Advisor at the British Retail Consortium. Good morning, Louisa, and thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning, Lina. Very nice to, to be here. Thank you for the invitation. This is the second report tracking the progress of diversity and inclusion in UK retail. Why is it important to research this? To give a little bit of context, I'll explain what the BRC does. So the BRC is the British Retail Consortium. We are the biggest industry group that represents retailers in the UK. And we have a number of communities. And as the feedback from the HR community and from CEOs and executive directors, diversity and inclusion was a key priority for the industry, uh, for the people agenda of retailers. So together with our members, we set up the Diversity and Inclusion Charter. And I'll get back to that in more detail a little bit later. And one of the key things that we realized if we wanted to look at diversity and inclusion and improve is that we needed metrics. So as part of the commitments of the charter, uh, we, we ask retailers to submit data and then at least we're able to hold a mirror to the industry and, and track progress and find weakness as well. What are the main differences between the first report in 2021 and the last one in 2022? So I think that the key one, as you mentioned in the intro, is that 91% of, of retailers now have a DNI strategy in place. That's up from 75% on the previous year. But not only that, the DNI strategy is held by CEO in three quarters of those respondents. That's up from 50% on the previous years. And we want to break that silo. We want to take um, diversity and inclusion from just being a HR issue to being company-wide priority. So that's positive progress. <laughs> What's the relationship between diversity and business performance? I guess it's a no-brainer in the sense that it must be done, but there are plenty of reports uh, setting up the business case for it. So there's a report from McKenzie that says that diverse boards outperform non-diverse boards, both from ethnicity point of view and from a gender point of view. PwC has a very interesting line that says that diversity is not an issue, is the solution. Uh, so not only is the right thing for business to be doing, it makes sense from, from a business perspective. And not only that, but retailers are uh, facing labor and skill shortage for a very long time now, for two years. Uh, so we need to think about your attraction and retention policies and diversity and inclusion is a key priority for um, candidates as well. You need to access those talent pools and not only that, you need to access talent that is concerned about uh, your agenda in DNI. Like it goes around in circle, but it's, it's a no-brainer. 
And there seems to be a gap between having a DNI strategy and its actual implementation. What would you recommend to retailers who are failing to prioritize it? Uh, I would say join the BRC and join the DNI charter. <laughs> Uh, so I'll explain a little bit more about what we're doing uh, as an organization. So when we when we realized that DNI was a key priority and that the retail sector was failing, we, together with a group of our members, we set up um, a number of commitments uh, that are the DNI charter. So the DNI charter is this initiative where members sign up to participate. There's a number of pledges, uh, which is like CEO accountability for your your DNI strategy. There's um, trying to remove bias in recruitment, contributing with data. So there's a number of commitments that try to move the dial in the right direction. Uh, and not only that, uh, we are holding hands with uh, retailers in that journey. So there's a number of, we organize a number of uh, roundtables with our, our partners, the RPC, who are experts in the world of, of DNI. And each of these roundtables, they look at some of the commitments and how uh, business can embed that into their company culture. So there's a lot of shared knowledge, a lot of collaboration, and then they can get the presentations and cascade that information internally so that you take that kind of like that conversation from the high level and you bridge that gap with your, all of your staff, it's a massive challenge, but it's a work in progress that we're trying to, to help with. Who is responsible for diversity and inclusion in the workplace? Is it just HR? I think you mentioned the role yeah. of CEO as so well. It's definitely not, not just HR. We need to break that silo. But not only that, it's not just something that we need the CEO to be saying, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. So one of the things that retailers are doing comes up off on our, our workshops is the use of employee uh, focus groups. So that way, not only retailers are having access to the information from their, their employees about how they're feeling, how those uh, DNI policies are being perceived and, and if they're helpful or not, but that can also help inform their marketing strategies because ultimately you're serving your customers and you're serving your employees as well. And they're similar in some way and their expectations tend to be similar as well. And do you think training is needed to address this issue? Definitely, yes. There's a, a whole um, education piece around DNI, especially around different, uh, let's say, for example, if we talk about disabilities that can be seen, how do you address that? How do you help that? So um, things that retailers are doing are around reverse mentoring, for example, board education sessions as well, because it, it needs to, board members need to fully understand, not just tick a box. So there's definitely a lot to, to learn and to improve. But I think one thing that's important for us to understand is that Culture is unique to each organization, so there's not there's not one size fits all when it comes to DNI. That's part of what we're trying to do. We're trying to link different retailers with each other, so they can learn from each other as well and find the formula that works for them. Retailers are facing a new set of challenges from rising inflation to short labor shortages, and as you mentioned earlier, and lower consumer spending, to name but a few. Can a diverse workplace help navigate these or will it lose momentum? 
No, definitely not. For us, this remains a key priority. And, and now it's more important than ever, because if you think about some minorities, for example, uh, there's, a, there's a piece of research that says that uh, disabled people, they have an extra cost of 500 pounds per month. So we need to ensure that we, we don't lose momentum on DNI and that we assist those people. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, a retailer, for example, has uh, a policy that they shared with us on the, the workshop the other day for um, supporting those that are in abusive relationships to be able to leave the abusive relationship. So there's some level of financial support, that sort of thing. These are issues that will become exacerbated from your workforce and you need to look after your staff. So um, definitely I think that DNI should remain a priority. And even from a business success point of view, diverse boards outperform. And I think that diversity gives you different viewpoints when you're thinking about issues. So now that the industry will have to be creative to face this challenge, the more broaden the, the vision you've got, the more likely that you find a positive outcome. And does diversity and inclusion in the workplace create a competitive advantage? Why is it important for a business? Yeah, so I think it goes back to, to the beginning. It, it really does. I think different viewpoints that you've got when you're, when you're thinking about issues, it's a competitive advantage in the sense that it's good profile for your business. It's good from an attraction and retention point of view. It's good from a strategic point of view when you have different views and cultures coming together. I was actually on a panel the other day and one of the panelists, she's from a media company, and she used a really, really interesting line that it, it really got me. If you've got a Gen Z breathing, then you've got a DNI breathing. We need to understand that DNI should not sit as a silo. And sometimes it really depends who you're talking to because it sometimes it might feel like it's something apart from your reality, but it really isn't. And in the way that the world is evolving, DNI is really a, a must. It's not a good to have anymore. But yes, we have a long way ahead of us in terms of actually getting these ideas in place and making sure that all staff and all employees feel like they are part of it. And that's the journey we're in. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being with us and for your insights. And thank you for listening. Stay tuned.